factor for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. To the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. High stakes meetings in Europe. President Biden is on a four day swing to meet with key allies. It's to discuss Russia's war on Ukraine, including Russia's threat to use nuclear weapons. As Russia's war on Ukraine enters its second month, a retired Russian general is standing by his statements about the dangerous aspects of Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. Drama during yesterday's confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. We'll have one of those exchanges. Not a lot of support from top New York State Democratic lawmakers for New York Governor Kathy Hochul's leaked package of changes to New York State's controversial bail reform laws. A former U.S. Secretary of State has passed away. Madeleine Albright was 84 years old. Here's your top five at five. U.S. President Joe Biden has left the White House for a four-day trip to Europe, where he will meet with key allies to discuss Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Biden told reporters the possibility that Russia could use chemical weapons in the Ukraine war is a real threat. The president indicated he would say more on the subject to world leaders he meets with later today. The White House has said that that Russia may use chemical weapons or create a false flag operation to use them. What evidence have you seen showing that? And would the U.S. have a military response if Putin does launch a chemical weapons attack? I'm not going to speak about the intelligence, but but, uh, Russia would pay a severe price if they use chemicals. Biden's first stop is Brussels. He'll attend a hastily arranged emergency NATO summit. Biden is also planning to participate in meetings of the European Union and the Group of Seven, which includes the world's richest democracies. He'll then travel to Warsaw on Friday to meet with Polish officials. A retired Russian general is standing by his statements made in January about the dangers of Russia's invasion on Ukraine. Leonid Ivashov heads a group that is serving retired and current Russian military officers. He told the New York Times he stands by his statement that Russia's invasion of Ukraine would be pointless and extremely dangerous, that it would kill thousands, make Russia and Ukraine enemies for life, risk a war with NATO allies, and threaten the existence of Russia itself. As Russia stalls in Ukraine, a dissent is brewing over Russian President Vladimir Putin's leadership Military losses are mounting and progress has slowed. Ukraine claims to have killed at least six Russian generals. A drama during the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee's third day of confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson. Here's a back and forth between the judge and Republican U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. The senator asked Jackson to give a definition of the word woman. Jackson said she could not give a definition of the word woman because she is not a biologist. Senator, respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, so it's hard for me to... 
okay, comment as to whether. All right, or not. I'd love to get your your opinion on on that, and you can submit that. The question came up as the senator questioned Jackson about United States versus Virginia. It's a case in which the court ruled that the prohibition of female students by the Virginia Military Institute violated the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. Well, changes that New York Governor Kathy Hochul wants to make to the state's controversial bail reform laws have yet to gain traction. Top Democrats are not in support of Hochul's proposals. Bail reform changes in early 2020 largely ended cash bail requirements for many criminal charges. Judges also can no longer consider dangerousness as a factor in considering whether or not to remand a pretrial detainee. Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin says Hochul's changes are relatively modest compared to other proposals to address public safety. We are talking with the legislature on all proposals. Um, as it relates to the proposal you were mentioning, dangerousness is not a part of that proposal. If you look at the proposal that has specific identifiable actions that would require it, as is the case in our domestic violence cases. As you know, for DV, we use that standard. Hochul's plan addresses detainees believe suffering from a mental health crisis and also expands the criminal charges that a judge is allowed to set bail for. Democratic Deputy Senate Majority Leader Michael Giannaris told WNYC Hochul's proposals are nothing more than a political document. Congressman Tom Suozzi, a rival of Hochul's for the Democratic nomination for governor this June, called the governor's leaked package of proposals tepid. The nation's first female U.S. Secretary of State has died. Madeleine Albright was 84 years old. Her family said in a statement that Albright died of cancer. Albright was a central figure in the administration of former President Bill Clinton. She championed the expansion of NATO, pushed for the alliance to intervene in the Balkans to stop genocide and ethnic cleansing, and also worked to reduce the spread of nuclear weapons. Never again will there be massacres and mass graves. President Joe Biden paid tribute to Albright in a lengthy statement Wednesday. Biden said working with Albright during the 1990s while he was on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee was among the highlights of his career in the Senate. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Rain today, possibly a thunderstorm before 11 a.m. or high 51. Tonight, rain tapers by 2 a.m. with some patchy fog, the low 48. Tomorrow, clearing skies turning partly sunny, the high 59. 77 WABC time check coming up on 509. U.S. Senator Mike Braun is under fire. The Democrat turned Republican suggested the issue of interracial marriage should be left up to the states. The comment, despite a long-standing U.S. Supreme Court ruling on the matter. Indiana's Democratic Party condemned Braun's remarks as un-American. Braun later walked back the remarks in a statement saying he had misunderstood a line of questioning. During a conference call with reporters, Braun said the issue of abortion should have been left to the states rather than being legalized by Roe v. Wade in 1973. Well, you can list a whole host of issues when it comes down to whatever they are. Uh, I'm going to say that they're not going to all make you happy uh, within a given state, but that we're better off having states manifest their points of view rather than homogenizing it across the country 
as Roe versus Wade did. When Senator Braun was asked whether the same approach should apply to interracial marriage, the senator said he agreed. Well, evidence that Democrats are worried about losing control of the U.S. House of Representatives in the midterm elections. Several octogenarians in the House have announced re-election bids, and among them, California House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who has done an about-face she said in 2018 she would only serve for four more years. But as we say, we don't agonize, we organize. And that is why I am running for re-election to Congress and respectfully seek your support. I would be greatly honored by it and grateful for it. The 81-year-old Pelosi, 82-year-old House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer and House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn are all seeking re-election. They have a combined age of 244 years, Clyburn announced yesterday. 435 House seats are up for grabs on November 8th. Currently, Democrats hold a 12-seat majority in the House. 47 members of the House are not seeking re-election. 31 are Democrats and 16 are Republicans. A new Reuters Ipsos poll finds President Biden's approval rating last week sunk to just 40 percent. It's an all-time low for that particular poll. 54% of respondents to the poll said they disapprove of the president's handling of issues related to inflation and Moscow's war on Ukraine. Biden's latest approval ratings mark a three-point drop from the prior week. The decline reflects a steady decline since mid-August, impacted by the increase of COVID-19 deaths and the disastrous U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Survey respondents showed a primary concern with the economy and their next priority being the conflict in Ukraine. Seventy seven percent of Democratic respondents approved of Biden's job in office, compared to just 10 percent of Republicans and 27 percent of independents. Well, there's been a major shift in Finland since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A majority of Finland residents, 60 percent now support joining NATO. That compares to just 34 percent before the invasion. The survey was done by the Finnish policy forum EVA Think Tank. EVA polled 2,074 people between March 4th and the 15th. Finland shares a long border with Russia. It was once part of the Russian Empire, gaining independence in 1939 after being invaded by Russia. Well, China is working to calm investors' fears. Beijing announced a goal of 5.5% economic growth above most economists' predictions, but expectations have not been met. Here's a Chinese reporter explaining China expects to rebound from slower-than-anticipated economic growth. The growth drivers um, that we have seen, or downward pressure that we have seen in 2021, is going to change next year. The key growth drivers, we see that infrastructure investment to rebound, that's going to offset uh, in large part of the slowing property investment. We see consumption weak in the first quarter, but subsequently recover. Chinese companies listed in both Hong Kong and the United States last week suffered their worst single-day sell-off since the global financial crisis. China's sell-offs are blamed on a resurgent pandemic and Beijing's ambiguous position on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 
In an emergency meeting last Wednesday, China's economic czar calmed markets with promises of support and caution for implementing policies that had spooked investors. A top Russian official has reportedly fled the country in opposition to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Russian climate envoy Anilai Shubais has stepped down and fled. He is the highest level official to break with the Kremlin over the invasion. He was Shubais in 2018 talking about renewable energy. If you will uh, rely only upon the hydrocarbon, the one moment will come and uh, you will understand that whole world is uh, moving much much further and that's uh, something which would be a real risk for Russia. Shubais is one of the few 1990s-era economic reformers who'd remained in Putin's government. Of course, Putin, the Russian president, he'd maintained close ties with Western officials. It is not yet confirmed where Shubais fled to, although Russian media outlet RBC is reporting Shubais and his wife fled to Istanbul, Turkey. More tyranny under Taliban rule in Afghanistan. Afghanistan's Taliban rulers unexpectedly decided against reopening schools Wednesday to girls above the sixth grade. The decision goes against an earlier promise. 77 WABC time check, 515. Let's head over to the sports desk with Justin Ellick. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Your New York Knickerbockers bounced back last night in Charlotte with a 121-106 victory over the Hornets. R.J. Barrett continues to carry this team with another 30-point performance in his 38 minutes of time. Obi Toppin did his part as well with 18 points of his own as the Knicks take the win into an off day today before heading to Miami to battle the Heat tomorrow night. As for the Nets, well, they weren't so lucky in Memphis as they simply get beat by a better team in the Grizzlies. Despite Kyrie Irving's 43 points for Brooklyn and Kevin Durant pouring in 35 to his name, the Grizzlies were not phased as they'd hold the first quarter lead from wire to wire to hand the Nets a 132-120 loss. Brooklyn will go on hiatus here until Saturday night when they're set to tip it off with the aforementioned heat in Miami. To the ice we go now as just the Devils were in action last night in Toronto to face off with the Maple Leafs. The two squads would take a 2-2 tie deep into the third frame when Toronto's Pierre Engvall buried a shorthanded goal to put the Leafs ahead for good. 3-2 is your final from Toronto. Is up next for the Devs as a trip to the nation's capital for a bout with the Capitals. Reassuring news for New York sports fans everywhere is Mayor Eric Adams is set to lift the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate on athletes when he speaks on the matter later on this morning from City Field. This will pave the way for Nets star Kyrie Irving to play in the Barclays Center as early as Sunday and for unvaccinated Yankees and Mets players to play in their home openers coming up in early April. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Thanks, Justin. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Bring your umbrella. Rain today, possibly a thunderstorm before 11 a.m. Our highs 51. Rain continues and should taper off by about 2 a.m. Some patchy fog overnight. The lows 48. And tomorrow, clearing skies, partly sunny. The high 59. Right now, about 40 degrees in Manhattan rain. Here's Frank Diaz for Frank Morano with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Bell rings this morning after a down day on Wall Street Wednesday. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial fell by nearly 449 points. The S&P 500 dropped by 55 and the Nasdaq lost 186 points. 
Oil prices are surging again this week, with major benchmarks topping $110 a barrel. Natural gas is rising, too, especially in Europe and Asia, where prospects for a cutoff of Russian supplies have spooked markets. All across the supply chain, including obscure items like fertilizer and plastic wrap, the struggle is on who will bear the burden of higher costs. The sun has revealed the luxury enjoyed by Vladimir Putin on board his super yacht, including gold toilet paper holders. The official cost when the yacht was finished two years ago was 500 million pounds, or roughly 660 million dollars. Pressure is mounting on Italy, where the yacht is anchored, to seize it and sell it off to benefit Ukrainians. During the height of the pandemic, consumers were exceptionally generous to service workers. Tips totaled as much as 30% of the total to delivery. Restaurant workers, taxi drivers, manicurists, and others. The point-of-sale provider Square, the recession of COVID-19, as well as rising prices, is making tipping take a hit. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll see you at 6 a.m. on the Bernie and Sid Show. Thanks, Frank. Frank Morano for Frank Morano there. Surprise, surprise. All right, Dow Futures. Right now they're up 170 points in the green this morning at 34,420. The S&P 500 up 28 and three quarter points. The NASDAQ has risen 109 and three quarter points. Gold is up $2.50 an ounce at $1,939.80. Crude oil up 63 cents a barrel this morning at $115.56. The WABC Early News. Well, good morning once again. I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. The Long Island woman who is accused of manslaughter in the unprovoked death of an 87-year-old Broadway vocal coach was ordered held on a half million dollars bail or one million dollar bond during a court hearing on Tuesday. Prosecutors revealed that Lauren Pazienza allegedly hid after allegedly shoving Barbara Gustern to the ground on 28th Street in an unprovoked attack. Pazienza reportedly watched as Gustern was loaded into an ambulance. The woman died several days later of head injuries. Here's Pazienza's attorney, Ella, talking to ABC7. She was crying. She was in pain. You know, she's being accused of a horrible act, and she's a very moral, right, just person who went to high school, went to college, has a job, has a fiancé, has family. Pazienza has a court appearance on Friday, during which she will enter a plea to charges in the case. She is charged with manslaughter. A prosecutor who had been leading a criminal investigation into Donald Trump before quitting last month said in his resignation letter that he believes the former president is guilty of numerous felony violations. And the prosecutor also disagreed with the Manhattan DA's decision not to seek an indictment. In a letter published Wednesday by The New York Times, Mark Pomerantz told DA Alvin Bragg that there was evidence sufficient to establish Mr. Trump's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt of allegations that he falsified financial statements to secure loans and burnish his image as a wealthy businessman. Pomerantz and his former co-leader on the Trump probe, Kerry Dunnow, resigned on February 23rd after clashing with Bragg over the future of the case. Both were top deputies tasked with running the investigation on a day-to-day basis. Both started on the probe under former DA Cyrus Vance Jr. Bragg asked them to stay when he took office back in January. 
A source familiar with the matter said that New York City Mayor Eric Adams will ease the city's private sector vaccination mandate, and that will allow unvaccinated professional athletes to compete in home games. The mayor is expected to announce a reversal of his earlier stance, which he had doubled down on earlier this week. Right now, we're going to take some complaints. But when this is all said and done, people are going to realize this is a thoughtful administration and we got it right. The policy change will allow Nets star Kyrie Irving and potentially unvaccinated Mets and Yankees players to compete at home. Yankees right fielder Aaron Judge is widely uh, suspected, speculated of being unvaccinated. Meanwhile, the home opener for the Bronx Bombers is on April 7th when they play their staunch rival, the Boston Red Sox. The New York Mets have their home opener against the Arizona Diamondbacks on April 15th. Well, the New York Post has learned that two new super PACs plan to spend $4 million promoting law and order candidates for the New York State Legislature in the June primary elections. Some Democrats are warning that it could cost progressives dearly. Lobbyist Jeff Lebb said political action committees, common sense New Yorkers and voters of New York will back politicians who value public safety and support New York Governor Kathy Hochul's proposal to roll back bail reforms and related anti-crime measures. Lebb said Common Sense New Yorkers has already raised a million dollars. That happened at a 28th, uh, February 28th fundraiser. It was attended by New York City Mayor Eric Adams and New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin. A prosecutor in Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's office told the New York Post that scores of criminal cases are being tossed because of a stringent 2019 reform statute. The statute sets tight deadlines on producing evidence. Frustrated staffers are reportedly quitting left and right. At issue is a speedy trial component of the state's controversial 2019 criminal justice reforms. It requires prosecutors to submit all their evidence by a strict deadline. The law sets deadlines for discovery of materials prosecutors are required to turn over to defense lawyers of no longer than 20 days from the time a defendant is arraigned or 35 days if they are free pending the charges. The New York Post has learned New York City Mayor Eric Adams called police brass on the carpet over two dozen shooting incidents last weekend. Adams reportedly forced the NYPD to put more police on patrol. Adams, a former police captain, spoke during a press conference earlier this week, touting the work of the city's new anti-crime unit, working to take guns off the city streets in the city's most dangerous precincts. We're going to stop the river of violence that is feeding the sea of violence. And this team is damming one of those rivers with their activity. During Monday's event, Adams and Police Commissioner Keechant Sewell highlighted the unit's seizures of 10 guns over six days. Adams reportedly held an emergency conference call with top-ranking NYPD personnel. The call included officers from the NYPD's eight borough commands, 77 precincts, 12 transit districts, nine housing bureau service areas, and the detective bureau over escalating crime. Well, many prominent New Yorkers were forced into damage control this week after they were accidentally outed as alleged main clients of the Sarah Lawrence sex cult. 
Those on the list are alleged to be frequent clients of Claudia Drury, the 31-year-old who alleges to have been under control of accused sex trafficker Larry Ray. The so-called client list was accidentally uploaded by the Manhattan DA's office, but quickly deleted. It was admitted under seal at Ray's opening federal trial Tuesday and never meant to see the light of day. Former Southern District of New York attorney Jeffrey Berman back in 2020. Ray directed his victims to obtain money for him by other means, by draining their parents' savings and worse, forced labor and prostitution. The list of 121 names reviewed by the Post Wednesday includes several reputable Big Apple business people, an ex-New York State Supreme Court judge and Gap and Amazon executives, allegedly. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Bring your umbrella. Rain today, possibly even a thunderstorm before 11 a.m. Our highs 51. Rain will continue and is expected to taper off by 2 a.m. with some patchy fog overnight as well. The low 48. Clearing skies tomorrow, partly sunny, the high 59. Right now, 40 degrees in Manhattan, light rain. 77 WABC time check, 529. Stay with us. We'll be back with more news right after this.